This is the Elite Development Podcast, a show with the aim of helping athletes evolve in every element of their careers through real-world advice and experience. I'm your host, Kenny Dussault. I'm a strength and conditioning coach in Calgary, Alberta, with a singular focus on building better athletes. And now, let's get to the episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in again to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. Today, I have Jared Saavedra on the show with me. Jared is the owner of a high-performance facility called Athlete Ready Albuquerque and the owner of the Athlete Ready Global Training App. He's a performance coach, consultant, newbie real estate investor, and lover of 90s R&B music. He and his (laughs) wife currently reside in Atlanta, Georgia, but travel quite often. Jared, thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate you doing this. Man, thanks for having me. I appreciate your platform to give me a voice. Absolutely. So where I always like to start these interviews is just to give the audience a bit of an idea of, you know, who you are as the guest coming on. So can you talk about like your background growing up as a kid, you know, what kind of sports you played and sort of what led you to the path of SNC and then uh, owning a facility too? Yes, absolutely. So born and raised in in Albuquerque, New Mexico, I grew up playing football and basketball. Those are definitely my two passions as far as sports were concerned. Um, Definitely faced some adversity and a little bit of trauma during my high school years. I tore both my ACLs. Um, You know, one was my sophomore year. I was our starting quarterback my sophomore year. I tore my left ACL. And then my senior year, probably three games in, I tore the other ACL. And then I just kind of I just kind of gave up after that, honestly. Um, it was very, you know, I was, I was bummed for a long period of time to, to see a lot of my, my peers that I grew up with, you know, playing Division One football. And there I was, in, you know, not to be one of the, the Uncle Ricos and saying I would have been this or been that, but it was, it was a devastating time for sure. And uh, um, after that, I, uh, you know, went to school at University of New Mexico, both for undergrad and grad school. And uh, my undergrads in physical education, so I was just around, you know, the schools a lot more, and, and you know, started to meet uh, quite a bit of athletes throughout the the Albuquerque area, and you know, developing relationships during that time. At the time, I thought I was going to be a you know a PE teacher and maybe a football coach, and I kind of got into strength conditioning. Um, I, I started off as a commercial gym trainer at a, at a big box place facility when I was 21. And, you know, I really started missing, you know, being around athletes and the sport. So kind of how I got my first step was uh, doing an internship with the University of New Mexico uh, with Coach Mark Paulson and Aaron Day. I remember walking in to uh, the the facility my first day, you know, I was 20, you know, 22, 23 years old. And, you know, Coach Paulson is a very intimidating man. And and I had asked him, hey, like, you know, I'd love to intern for you. You know, is there any, you have any availability? Is there anything I can do? And I remember him just kind of looking me up and down like, "Uh, I don't know. I don't know about this guy. You know, and they gave me a really good opportunity and good chance. And I just fell in love with strength and conditioning right then and there. I love it, man. I mean, I think it's always cool to hear about, you know, the sort of those first steps, especially, uh, you know, when you're talking to, you know, this intimidating figure about doing an internship Mm -hmm. and you're not really sure how it's going to go. So was there anything in particular about strength and conditioning that kind of drew you in or was it just, you know, being around athletes again, like you were when you were a kid? It was being around athletes. You know, I just, I just really enjoyed that part, you know, being just growing up, being around athletes all the time. A lot of, you know, some of my peers that I had played with, you know, growing up from Yaffle is, is kind of like the pop corner of Albuquerque, you know, seeing a lot of them succeed in the NFL and, you know, just being around, just wanting to be around the, you know, the sports scene essentially. 
And, you know, that just kind of like got my flame going on that. And, uh, you know, little by little and these different experiences with internships. And, you know, I also went to, to Exos for a six month internship uh, in Florida. And that just opened my eyes even more. And it just is like, yeah, this is what I was meant to do at this specific time. And then so after that, I came back to Albuquerque. I knew there was a need for for, uh, you know, youth sport performance. And, you know, little by little, it wasn't my necessarily my intention to open up a, a facility, but just little by little, you know, uh, somebody reached out to me and said, hey, you know, there's a, you know, there's a gym that has, you know, some kind of performance training, you might want to check it out. Started off as a, as an independent contractor, like, you know, a lot of people do to start. And, you know, as an independent contractor, you know, you still need a business license, you still need a name. So just little by little, it was just, oh, I might as well get a logo. Oh, if I have a logo, I might as well get a website. And if I have a website, you know, I might as well just have my own space and facility. And one thing led to another. And that's just kind of how it how it started. I love that. I mean, it's funny, you know, not even really in the intentions to begin with, but just sort of one step leading along the process. So, and how long have you owned Athlete Ready? So Athlete Ready was founded in 2014 and we got our own facility in 2015. So it's been around for five years. Uh, currently, I've brought on a partner and director over there. Uh, shout out to, to Roman Escondon, who has done a tremendous job, you know, especially with, with COVID and all these things to, to really take the vision and, and run with it. So I'm blessed to have a really good team over there and to kind of take it, take it on. But yeah, we've been in, in business for five years and uh, we look forward to, to many more. Yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, this is a trying time for everybody in our industry. And I mean, obviously not just our industry, but, you know, industries everywhere around the world. And uh, so actually on that note, you know, what are some things just going through COVID, this whole pandemic, what are some things that you guys, you know, as a gym owner, what are some things you were able to kind of take, adapt and uh, apply to actually, you know, thrive or succeed during this time? Yeah, so we we were very fortunate and lucky to have, you know, an online platform before it all happened. You know, we've had a, our own platform for, you know, the last year and a half. We were using different ones and, you know, found the right platform for us to use. And so we were lucky and, you know, very lucky to have that already within our, you know, what we do in our system at Athlete Ready. So what we do is, you know, we have live in-person training but every one of our athletes has either some kind of homework or, you know, one or two days that they, you know, they do on their own through the app. So it was actually a fairly easy transition to go from, you know, two times a week or two to three times a week to four or five times on the app. Uh, they were very uh, comfortable with it. Um, what was a, a blessing as well is a lot of our communities like, hey, you know, keep charging us, uh, you know, we know you're going to give us a ton of value through, you know, Zoom and as well through the app that just continue to do what you need to do. And which I thought was like, it was, I was super emotional at the time about it because I was like, man, that's awesome. Um, and with New Mexico, with our restrictions we had, ours were the most restrictive out of the entire United States. Oh, wow. um, we had the longest, yeah, it, it's, yeah. We've had the longest um, lockdown out of anybody. And, you know, another one just, you know, getting out of it over the last month, like I was talking to you before we were recording. So it's been a rough, rough um, time for us, for sure. And, but, you know, it's, it, it's a blessing that we've had some things lined up before. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that was one of the biggest eye openers for myself was when, you know, we went into our first lockdown here in Calgary. And I realized that, you know, right now my business lives and dies with being able to be in a gym. And like I went from, you know, doing pretty well to absolutely zero dollars and zero cents coming in. And I, that was a big eye opener for me realizing, hey, you know, one stream of income, that's not uh not going to be enough. So it's been, it's been a process for sure, but it's been interesting challenges this year. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just really, you know, thankful that we had that platform to, you know, I don't know what we'd be doing, honestly, if we didn't have it, we'd be in a very, very bad situation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a blessing to have had it for sure. But uh, I want to get in a little bit more as well about like your coaching specifically. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, how your mm-hmm. how your athlete list has grown through the year? You know, like what kind of athletes are you working with now? Um, how has that evolved through your time in strength and conditioning? Yeah, absolutely. So Albuquerque, if you kind of know the demographic demographics of it you know it's a city that you know we don't have a lot of professional athletes there it's it's big time when it comes to like mma and combat sports so when i first started i was working with probably 90 percent of my clientele were were youth athletes and i loved it i loved every moment of it and i was just continuing working with youth athletes i had a couple of adults and then i got my first mma fighter and it was actually a referral from another mma strength coach who who had uh orders uh um to be deployed overseas and he you know he reached out to me and said hey like you know i have this professional fighter that i've been working with i think you'll do a great job with them and you know i'll I'll connect you too and so after talking to the athlete i was a little bit nervous because i'd never worked with a combat athlete before and you know our first conversation went really well he had you know mentioned several times that you know hey uh i know you never worked with a, a fighter before but you know i know i hear great things about you and and i told him yeah and you know if you're uh you know if you're in i'm all in as well and it went really, it was, went really well. And, and he was a, a person that, you know, had a really good reputation amongst the MMA community. And so he would continually bring new fighters in and, you know, our, our network of fighters just continue to, uh, to grow. So, um, so at the, then at that time, again, working with mostly combat athletes and youth athletes, it was, it was completely different. I mean, they, kind of in our in our program and i don't i don't talk too too much about it and but uh the way our system runs is every every athlete has their own program right it's individualized to where they're at and they're you know whether it's a fight camp or you know it's their their season so in some of our sessions we have you know a ufc fighter but he's working amongst a high school basketball girl uh, a middle school track athlete and then a high school football player and they're all doing different things but we have you know we have a a framework that we that we base everything off of um, and we're, that, that allows us to be able to coach these different athletes different on a different program, but still have a lot more similarities than, than we do that. Um, and then so over time, adding new trainers on, you know, they're, they're bringing a lot more different population working with, you know, adults, more adults. And then so now we've kind of established this like pretty well-rounded clientele base. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's awesome because I know that's one thing I always try to be able to do too, is mix those different types of athletes, different levels, different age groups, whatever it is, and be able to have them in at the same time. It doesn't mean that they're all doing the same thing, but they, you know, they should, you should be able to adapt to whoever's in front of you. Right. 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 And so, and this is funny that you bring that up because I had a professional fighter, um, you know, he had canceled in his morning session 
And so he called me later on and said, Hey, like, Hey, Jerry, can I get into one of your, your afternoon sessions? And I'm like, sure. And I was like, that's fine. And I told him, uh, he's like, Oh, who's going to be in that group. And I was like, I have three high school, uh, basketball girl, uh, female basketball girl, uh, female basketball athletes in that class. And he's like, Oh, well, he was like apprehensive. And he's, you know, he asked, well, are they going to kind of hold me back? And I'm like, my man, like, if anything, you're going to hold them back because they're way better athletes than you are. And he's like, all right. And, and, Cause I mean, they were all, they're three division one, you know, basketball athletes, future, uh, future D one stars. So I thought it was really funny. And so after that moment, we never had any like, Oh, you know, working with a high school, you know, kid or whatever. I'm too good for that. They, they soon realize that that's not the case. I absolutely love that. Cause I mean, I think it is something that, you know, people are, people can easily get caught up on, you know, the level of the athlete, like, you know, this person's a pro and this person's in high school. So clearly one's better than the other, but that actually brings me to one thing I wanted to talk to you about. That's one thing that I know, you know, an elite athlete in competition doesn't necessarily mean an elite athlete in the gym coming into working with any pro athletes or any high level athletes, have you ever had difficulty with like that kind of conversation of, you know, needing to add a proper strength and conditioning program, even though they're already successful without one? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, you know, we've, we've had, you know, NFL people come through, we've had different, you know, high level athletes come through and it is just a matter of, of, of talking to them and, and, making it seem more of a collaboration as opposed to like, Hey, like you need to do it this way. You need to do it this way, but also asking them, you know, what they're, why they're there and, you know, try to connect the dots for them. And so if they, you know, they come in and say, Hey, like, I want to work on, on this specifically. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely do that. Uh, we'll definitely add that. If, if they're currently in a, you know, a strength conditioning program from their team per se, you know, I always try to do my best to reach out to that coach and try to come up with a, a program that will definitely transition into, into theirs well. Um, but yeah, I mean, having that conversation, you know, most of our, our, first initial conversations are sit down anyways, where we kind of interview the athlete and, you know, they interview us as well. And just to make sure that it's a, a fit for, for both sides. I think a lot of people, you know, just because, uh, you know, there's an athlete that's of, of higher stature that, you know, we'll do anything we can to, to work with that person when, when really at, at the root of it, they may not be the, the one for you. And I've, I've had to deal with that a, a few times working with, you know, uh, some UFC guys that had their own kind of idea of certain things and, 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 you know, they just want a good fit as well. So there's kind of two, two, uh, two sided there. Yeah. I mean, I think that is an extremely important thing to learn that, you know, not every athlete is going to be a fit with every coach and, you know, as much as it might be a tough sub subject to approach, it is very important to be able to mm -hmm. approach that when you need to. But with that kind of conversation, like, you know, if you have an athlete coming in that sort of has a very specific vision of, you know, this is what I want to work on. This is what I need. If it doesn't necessarily align with your vision as the coach, how do you go about approaching that conversation or bridging that gap with them to say, yeah, okay, we will work on that, but trying to get them to see, you know, there's more to it than just this thing that you want. If that question yeah, makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, it does. It does. And again, it's, it's going to be in that initial conversation for sure. You know, uh, I actually wrote about this on my Facebook uh, just a few days ago. I'm not sure if you saw it, but I had a, you know, a UFC fighter who actually just got finished fighting Conor McGregor. So he's at a super high level. And when we had this conversation in person, you know, I asked him, you know, what are your, some of your goals? What do, what do you want to achieve as far as, you know, your, your performance, sport performance is concerned? 
And the first thing he told me was, I want to have, I want to have bigger traps. I want to be, I want to be very intimidating. And I was like, Oh, uh, okay. Um, I wanted to laugh, but I'm glad I didn't. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if, if this person, if this person truly wants to, you know, to work on, you know, some kind of aesthetic that'll make them more confident at the end of the day, I'm going to add it in. I'm going to definitely add it in where maybe five or 10 years ago, I, I wouldn't, I probably would, would have done too much or not enough for that person to, to remain interested. So it's like, okay, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to add some things that will, you know, make you aesthetically appeasing a little bit more, but we're going to do it within, you know, this realm. If, you know, you want bigger traps, well, I know uh, several, you know, Olympic style lifts, of course, if their movement, uh, uh, you know, if their movement efficiency is, is, is up to par, uh, that will at least elicit some of the responses that they're, that they're looking for as, and, and also trying to, you know, find those adaptations that we're looking for from a performance standpoint as well. So it's really just, it's giving them what they want, um, within a framework of, of what they really need as well. So, I mean, you pretty much hit it right on the, uh, in your question. Yeah. I mean, I think that's something, you know, it's definitely, I know it's been a struggle for myself in my career, you know, up to date of when you see mm -hmm. an athlete that wants one specific thing, trying to not just say, Oh no, 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 you don't need that. You need this instead. But I think it's, you know, it's all about the right. communication, being able to add those things in, let them have that, but then find a way to do it along with what you know they need as well. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and it goes with education as well. So, you know, if you have an athlete that's coming to you and, Hey, I want to jump higher. Um, okay. Let's, let's get you stronger. Oh, I don't, I don't want to lift heavy weights. Well, let's explain to them like, Hey, you know, the, and that's when we talk about, you know, rate of force production and we talk about those types of things so that they like, Oh, okay. Like absolutely. That makes sense. And then, yeah, this is how this is going to translate to this. And then, of course, a, a tool that a lot of coaches, I think, miss as well, and I did in my earlier days, is I didn't assess as much as I should have. Where, you know, if they're, if they're coming in and, hey, I want to jump higher, um, you know, how often are we ass assessing that and, and kind of going back to that? Sometimes we just kind of forget along the line of, of why they came to you in the first place. Um, so that, that's, that's, a, that's a definitely an important tool as well. Yeah, I think, I think you nailed it with that. I mean, if they're coming in for a specific reason, we need to be making sure that we're continuing mm -hmm. to go back to that reason. And if anything, it's just going to show them more, more direct progress that, they, that they've been getting while they've been with you and then hopefully building the buy-in to keep them with you for a longer time. Right, too. right. I mean, it shows that you're actually listening to them and what their needs are instead of kind of pushing your own your own thoughts and agenda, even though, you know, a lot of it comes from good intentions, but sometimes I think we could make that mistake. Yeah, absolutely. And so one thing I wanted to ask you about as well, you know, you said you've spent a lot of time working with, you know, youth athletes, younger kids, and now obviously with some NFL guys, UFC fighters, these high level athletes as well. When you're approaching a session, how does your coaching style change and adapt based off of, you know, having younger kids in the session versus these older athletes that are maybe already making a career of their sport or on the track to make a career out of their sport? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it starts from right when the minute they walk in, you know, the gym and in being able to set the tone and also trying to get the, to know the person as an individual, as a human first, I think is big time. I don't, I don't really think of it like, Hey, I should talk to this, you know, this athlete a little bit different than this other athlete, just because they're, you know, at a different age or a different point. I'm just, I just, I'm just myself, whether I'm with a sixth grade kid or whether I'm with a, an NFL guy, then yeah, some of the, the language is a little bit different. 
Um, but at the end of the day, it's like I, I try to, you know, I try to find the pain points of, of both individuals. And sometimes they're similar, sometimes they're different. And I kind of adapt and adjust based on that. You know, I know it's a, a different type of grind when you are, you know, an NFL athlete or you're a collegiate athlete and you're trying to, you know, get paid, you're trying to take care of your family as opposed to, to making, you know, the, the eighth grade team. Uh, in a different sport. So I, I get that those are completely different. Um, but I guess I, I've just, I never really thought of that question. I think that's a great question because I will have, literally I'll have back-to-back -back sessions with completely different style of people. Um, but it's, it's really no different than you, you know, talking to a, a doctor uh, for a whole entire session and they're telling you about their stresses of, of their every day compared to a, a high school kid who's, you know, maybe broke up with their girlfriend or boyfriend and they're dealing with stresses in their life as well. I mean, there's a lot more similarities than there are differences there. So it's, it's just the human aspect to start. It's, I don't talk to them really any different, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that answer was perfect. Like, you know, you're not looking at it as a 13 year old kid or an NFL athlete. You're looking at it as the person itself and just trying to get to know them beyond, beyond the athlete, but actually as a person. Cause I think that's something we get stuck in a lot in our, in our field is, you know, looking at our job as simply the sets and reps of, you know, programming and coaching, but then being able to go that extra mile and actually have an athlete build a relationship with you or you build a relationship with them as well. I think just, you know, they're going to work harder when they're in there with you because they know you care about them. You don't just care about the fact that they got their four by five squat done. Like, <laughs> Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, all the conversations, Conversations that I have with, you know, a lot of my former athletes who are in college or who've graduated from from college, not one of them has ever mentioned, "Hey, do you remember when I got that that you know 300 pound you know squat or that I got that 40 inch vertical or any of those things?" Not one time has any has that happened. It's always like, "Hey, like you know, I you know, I, I thank you so much for listening to me, or thank you so much for just like you know being there for me and and making a you know a, a nice little vibe every single time I, I stepped into AR." I, my mind was there. Like, thank you for that. It was way beyond sets, reps. None of them re remember any of those things. I don't even remember any of those things. So that's, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I think that's, you know, that's really getting into the, you know, the deeper part of our job in as coaches is, you know, not just kind of the surface of what we're actually doing day to day, but getting into, you know, the people themselves and actually being able to help them along their careers, whether that is in sport later down the road or whether that's, you know, sport finishes and they're on to something else, being able to be a part of that for them. Right. right. And so I mean, sometimes, it, it, sorry, oh, go, go ahead, ahead, go ahead. I oh, know sometimes it's it's really easy to, uh, especially as a young coach, to kind of over over uh, overlook those things, those small things, those small conversations. You know, a lot of young coaches when they when they feel like they don't have you know a ton of clients, they feel that getting another certification or taking another online course or getting some other type of information is gonna uh, you know all of a sudden bring in a bunch of people through the doors, and it just doesn't work that way. And so every time I you know I go and consult with with coaches, I just observe how they interact with their with their athletes you know is the, the conversation purely about training that day or are you you know are you asking them questions about their family about school what you know what stuff that they're, they're getting into all those little things matter so much more than you know especially to retain your clients than any type of course or information you could probably get into well and what i found as well and you know as i'm in this job longer is that 
90% of the time, if you go deep into, you know, energy system development or something like that, while you're talking to an athlete, they don't care. They just want to know, Hey, do this. And it's going to help me like this. They don't need to know, you know, what's going on on a molecular level or anything like that within the body. Right. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, I have another funny story because uh, I was talking to our, our MMA class about this and I was talking about undulated training, right? And how you're focusing on different qualities throughout this kind of phase or whatever. And they gave me so much shit about that. Like, like <laughs> every single time after that, every every session after that, like, oh, oh is this is this uh, session going to be undulated? It has to be undulated. And like just giving me crap about it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, I maybe went overboard that day talking about undulated, you know, whatever. And uh, so they keep me humble. That's for sure. That's too funny. And I mean, I think that speaks too as well to the relationship you guys have, right? If they're able to kind of come back at you and give you crap about oh, it yeah. too, you know, that's, that's all be, honestly one of my favorite things about coaching is when I get to that point with an athlete where they can be taking jabs at me the same way that I can be taking jabs at them. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, so one thing I wanted to, one thing I wanted to talk to you about as well is, you know, with this difference in your resume, like, you know, they work with the youth athletes and now with the pros, one of the real goals of this show is to get into, you know, what it takes to actually build a successful career in sport beyond just being a skilled athlete. So, you know, in your experience with these D1 athletes, uh, the pro football players, the pro MMA guys, guys and girls, um, is there anything common that you find with these elite level athletes that they're bringing to the gym that maybe allow them to compete at that level compared to those who fall off before them? Uh, it's consistency without a doubt. And it's, uh, it's doing things outside of that single session. You know, is it getting enough sleep? Is it their nutrition? All those things are, you know, have to be on point. So every single time that, you know, I, I deal with different athletes of, of different, you know, levels, uh, there's, there's so many things that the, that the elite have, and it's all, it's all within the mind. And then a lot of it is just being consistent at the end of the day. Uh, it's just, they have the, the right kind of attitude. They, they know what they need to get done. Um, and it's, it's consistency, man. I mean, it's not nothing super magic or sexy about it. And they're just in there every single day. Consistency. That's my yeah. answer there. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I think it's easy, you know, for the younger kids to kind of look and see these guys on TV or see these girls on TV and sort of think that they just woke up one day and were that player, like, you know, watching LeBron James and not realizing that, you know, the 36-year-old, I think, 36-year-old athlete you see on TV now didn't just wake up one day six foot nine and amazing at basketball. He trained every day of his life to get to that point and that's the athlete you're watching on tv now but when yeah, you look absolutely. at i mean he invests i don't know how many millions of dollars into his own you know rehab his recovery i mean it's he's that's why he's where he's at yeah exactly and the other issue I find, though, is for these kids, when you look at, you know, an athlete like that and you see that he's investing millions of dollars into his rehab and recovery every year and all these things that he's doing, it might seem a little bit overwhelming, right? If I'm a 15-year-old kid trying to make a career in basketball, well, I don't have millions of dollars to spend on that stuff first, but also to kind of look at everything he's doing and look at where that kid might be at right now, it's a huge gap. Do you have any thoughts on where kids can kind of start? If you want to start on the path to becoming, you know, the LeBron James or the Connor McDavid, if you're a hockey fan or whatever mm -hmm. athlete that is for you, what would be the right place to start? How do you start on that path? 
So part of our process of, of onboarding an athlete is we, we talk about goal attainment program um, and goal attainment plans as well. And a part of the part of our questions that we have for them are like, yeah, let's let's set these short term goals and these long term goals. And it, we, but we really, really dig into time management. And I feel like even as coaching in our careers, I think a lot of people overlook time management. And so when we sit together with our athletes, like we actually go over like their schedule, like as, as much over the year period as we possibly can to try to find places that, hey, we need to focus a little bit more on something here on this, you know, this season, uh, you know, this is the academic calendar. This is where, you know, whatever it's throughout their day. You know, a lot of them are, are messing on their phones all, you know, right after school, they're on their phones until, you know, they go to bed. So it's like, hey, after school, like, what are you doing during that 45 minutes to an hour? Like, are you going home? Are you, you know, are you getting something in your body so that you're come to, to train and you're prepared? Um, so actually digging into time management, I think is, is so helpful. And I was really lucky that my parents were always like just really on a routine and they helped me like develop those kind of habits when I was young, I was always kind of on a routine and I actually look, look back on it. And I was very thankful that they kind of introduced me to, to that. And I think it's, it's carried over to, to my career for sure. Yeah, I think that's huge. I know that was something myself that I had trouble with a lot when I started my own business a little over a year ago. I remember waking up on that first day and realizing, hey, there's nobody making me do anything anymore. And which, you know, on one side feels great, but on the other side, it sort of kicked my ass a little bit to realize, no, if I'm going to succeed at this, I've got to manage my own time. I've got to kind of actually make myself do all these things. I can't just expect them to happen, right? Right, right. And kind of introducing them to like, you know, the season, I know, we, you know, as coaches, we talk about work life balance. And, you know, to me, it doesn't really exist. I think a lot of things are kind of just like has this ebbs and flows and, and it's seasonal. So that's why I say, hey, like during this part of the year, like this is what we're going to really focus on in the weight room. This is, you know, it's, it's the same thing that I'm sure that you do on a daily basis as well, just like in our in our career, you know, it's like, hey, during the winter or my slower months of, of coaching, I'm going to really kind of focus on my continuing education. Um, so like the those little things, I think, go a long way to, to program and plan out. Yeah, well, I think the se this season concept, just like you said, makes a lot of sense because, you know, kids, when they're at school and they've got a way busier semester, it's going to be harder to make it into the gym as often. But instead of saying, oh, I can't train as often, well, instead, let's try and look at what you can do at home or what you can do, you know, in the weight room at your school or whatever else it is that you're not necessarily in seeing me or in seeing you, but you're still getting that work in because you know, in the long term what it's going to do for you. Exactly. Spot on. And so for any kid who maybe doesn't have that support system in place right now, you know, doesn't have a coach like yourself to help with that time management, you know, what would be your recommendation to where would be your recommendation to start, you know, sit down, look at your schedule and what are the first things you're looking at to change with an athlete's schedule to allow them to get the work they need in? Uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, it, teaching the athletes, um, it's kind of a two-sided question for sure. Uh, sitting down with the athlete and, and really going over what's really important to them and the things that they actually want to prioritize throughout the entire year to have somewhere to actually start. So if, if you have a kid who, you know, is on the, the varsity basketball team, but they know in the, in the near future, they may not be playing much anymore and they really want to focus on their academics. That's an awesome, that's an awesome thing. And I think that kids, especially nowadays, they have so many resources around them, but I think they're very, like they're in this, like this stage of, you know, I, I, 
they're fearful of, of reaching out to people for help. And I think we've seen that, you know, time and time again with, you know, a lot of uh, teen suicide. And I, I feel like a lot of them are this kind of in this place of their life where it's very stressful to not know what the near future is going to look like. So a lot of them have trouble reaching out to help, uh, reaching out for help. So it, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of athletes are, aren't really blessed with having someone like yourself seeing them every single day, but a lot of them don't really also put themselves out there to, to try to reach out to an adult, whether it's their parents, you know, a school counselor, you know, one of their sport coaches, I mean, almost every one of those individuals are going to are going to try to do their best to, to help. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's something that, you know, on a on a level, just, you know, personally with life and everything as a whole, I think that's huge because I know that's something I've talked about in a few previous interviews with coaches just about, you know, if a kid gets cut from a team, having the guts to sort of approach having the guts to approach the coach and say, hey, you know, I really felt I should have been on the team, you know, what could I have done better? And just think about, you know, what that's going to give you going into next year. If the coach gives you three things that he needed to see from you that he didn't see, well, now, you know, going into the tryouts the next year, Hey, these are the three things I need to work on. If I'm going to give myself a better chance, doesn't mean you're going to make the team, but at least you have a direct line of what you need to do to give yourself a better shot with it. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that self-initiation is, is critical. I had a, um, this is actually a, a pretty feel good story that I am very proud of because I really care about this kid. Uh, he had come into, to my facility. He was a senior in high school and, uh, um, he got a, a full ride to the university of New Mexico and, you know, they wanted him to kind of gray shirt that, that first year. And, you know, they, they told him that he was kind of underdeveloped and that he still needed some work, but he, he had a lot of, a lot of potential. And I remember he had come into my facility and, you know, again, we had our, our meeting and interview and, you know, he doesn't come from a, you know, super wealthy family or what, what not even close. And he told me like, Hey, like I, I picked up two jobs um, just so that I can pay for my training. Cause a lot of, with a lot of these kids, like, you know, especially, you know, we don't give just discounts to everybody just because we just can't as a, as a business, we just can't. And for him to say, Hey, like I, I need to, to put myself out there. I need to have some skin in the game. And he's an 18 year old kid. And to, so to me, I was like, man, that's super impressive. And to see where he is now, I mean, captain of, of university of New Mexico football team, like that, I just, it was awesome to see what his, his transformation was by taking that initi initiative it's just, it's mind blowing to me. And I wish and a lot of kids have the potential to do that, to do those types of things. They just got to take that first, that first step. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like a story like that is one of the reasons that I started this show in the first place, because I mean, again, I think there are so many kids that come in to start training and they want to show that they want to do it. So they want to come into the gym, but they just have no desire to, you know, put the skin in the game or go the extra mile the way this kid has. And, you know, I think it just goes to show that, whatever is really important to you, like this kid came in and he showed you that the training was really important to him to get onto that team because he was willing to pick up two jobs to be able to pay for it. So not only is that, you know, him putting the financial skin in the game, but he's making it to both those jobs, going to school and still coming to training. And so if it really is a priority to you, you can make it happen. There are extra steps you can take. And I think a lot of kids just either don't understand that or they're just not willing to do it. Right. Absolutely. And, that, and that's, again, that's what I told him in that conversation. Like, Hey, I'm not giving you any discounts. I know by you doing what you're doing, this is going to be far outweigh 
any, you know, this is going to be the biggest benefit for you to have that skin in the game. And, uh, you know, so every single time, you know, someone ever gives me an excuse about, about any of that, I just I always think of Marcus Williams, like, no, nah, that, that kid didn't do that. You know, that kid had it. He's, he was all in and I mean, yeah, look at the results for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's huge. And I mean, shout out to that kid. Cause I know those are the kind of kids yeah. that make it right. Like I'm excited to see what the next few years mm-hmm. hold for him. I didn't, cause I know, you know, I can think of a few athletes for sure that I've worked with that have that same sort of a- attitude, you know, they, something comes up during their regular training time and they don't text me saying, Hey, I need to miss training today. They say, Hey, I can't make it at 10. Is there any way you could come in at, you know, 7am so that I can get the session in then. And like, just that attitude is going to, push you so much further than just saying, Oh, can't make it today. Off I go. Right. And for athletes that you work with that maybe, you know, you start seeing those excuses come out, you know, they can't make it to training or whatever else, or, you know, they, they want to make it, they say they want to make it, but the actions maybe aren't matching that ambition. You know, how do you go about bridging that conversation with them to show them that, Hey, if you really want that goal, you've told me you want, you know, there's more action that needs to go into it. Yes, it's exactly what you just said. So, I mean, having the conversation and it might not, it's, it might not be comfortable for them, especially to kind of call out a, a younger, younger athlete that maybe have never been called out before and to do that and ask them like, Hey, like, I remember, you, you know, you told me what your goals were prior to, you know, this season or whatnot, are your actions kind of, you know, streamlined along with, with what your goals are. And they'll kind of self-reflect just a little bit like, Hey, you know, you're right. You're right. Um, I, you know, I'm super lucky and blessed to have like that type of athletes that we do have at, at Athlete Ready. We do, I haven't had that conversation more than maybe four or five times throughout my career there. And so we, I've been very, very lucky to, uh, you know, to have those types of kids. And again, it's going back to that, that first initial interview, like setting the expectation with them and actually interviewing them to make sure that they're not just here because mommy or daddy want to just drop them off and, and have them hang out here and us be, uh, us be a, a daycare, but that they actually are there for the right reasons and they're willing to, to put it out. So yeah, having the conversation, asking questions, uh, maybe it's a little deeper than, you know, it's, it's not about performance. It's not, it's maybe it's a, a stress at home. Maybe it's a stress at, at school. And they're just, they don't know how to channel that energy. And, you know, sometimes I used to kind of take it personal when, hey, like, you know, so-and-so is not showing up every day. And I used to take that really personally until I actually reached out to that person and say, hey, is everything okay? Oh, yeah, everything's okay. But, you know, you know, my grandmother passed away or, you know, something that was completely different than what I thought. So, yeah, just having that conversation from the get-go and and being able to be open, uh, again, that goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, I think that's crucial. And, you know, just especially the process you guys go through with the goal attainment and all that, I think it just makes that conversation that much easier. Because if they told you six months ago, you know, I came in because I want to play in the NFL. And then you start seeing them slip off a little bit, not showing up to training, whatever else it might be. It's easy to kind of come back to that conversation from six months ago and say, hey, you want to play in the NFL? And well, you skipped training three times last week you know, do NFL players skip training three times in a week? I don't think so. (laughs) Right. 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 And, and I mean, we're as adults, we're not, we're not immune to that either. You know, I like being called out by my peers all the time. And, you know, when I started my podcast, there was three or four months where I I took a a break from it uh, just because of COVID. Just what, I mean, honestly, they're all excuses. 
I had every, I had all the time in the world to do them. I just put it on the back burner. So when I have one of my peers say, Hey man, I, you know, I enjoyed your podcast. I enjoyed your, your interviews. Like, why'd you stop? And I'm like, Oh man, you know what I mean? I, 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 I like being called out. I personally do. I don't, I don't take it offensive. I don't, I welcome, you know, criticism. I really do. Cause it just makes me better. So yeah, as adults, coaches, we're not immune to, to people calling us out on, on our own BS as well. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny once you sort of start recognizing the difference between, you know, legitimate issues and excuses, how you start recognizing that in yourself too. Right. I know the amount of times I've had that conversation where somebody calls me out on something, I go, Oh yeah, it's just because no, no, that's just, that's an excuse. I got no, I just need to get back to it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And all of us are guilty of that. Of course. Of, us. of course. And so actually I wanted to talk to you about, you know, during the COVID times and all that with the goal of the show in mind, you know, what creates these elite level athletes beyond just being skilled at your sport. You know, you've already said consistency with those little things outside of just the training, but, you know, getting the right amount of sleep, nutrition, all of that. Obviously over the past year around the world, we've gone through something that, nobody ever probably thought we were going to go through uh all the gyms have been shut down obviously in different cities for different amounts of time do you have any stories of you know athletes you work with that were able to take that in stride and just you know find ways to continue on consistently training and consistently getting better despite losing access to their gyms or you know their regular routines yeah absolutely so again some of the the usc athletes that we work with uh, back in albuquerque um, yeah, we had to get super creative with them. You know, we would drop off equipment at their, at their house and, you know, they would work out in their own backyard and, you know, they'd be, you know, quarantined and being away from their MMA family as well, but they had to get rid of that, that, that energy, you know, that they, that they have stored up. So them being able to, you know, uh, you know, us being able to just deliver the equipment and deliver everything that they need and then them be able to, to use the, the resources that we do have online and whatnot. Um, it was actually, it was actually pretty good. And they, uh, they enjoyed it. We got to mix up some of the stuff we would, you know, send them to, you know, the parks or wherever they could, that was, that was outside and, you know, be able to deliver great programs to the, you know, to them and, and stuff that they're familiar with. So again, I mean, it was, you know, at that level at a USC level, the UFC was still continuing on, uh, every single weekend throughout the whole pandemic. So they have to, they had to stay ready. So when their name is called, it's a great opportunity for them to, to go and, and make some money for themselves and their family. And so they, again, it's that consistency thing where they're not just gonna just stop just because, you know, gyms are closed. They, 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 gotta, they gotta train for their livelihood. So it's a pretty easy motivation for them. Yeah, I mean, I love that just because, again, there, you know, there are so many people out there that say they want a career in sports and, you know, they'll miss training because something else came up that day and they can't fit both in together. Whereas then you see these athletes that, you know, the gyms are shut down. They're away from their, they're away from their training partners. They're away from their coaches yet. They're still finding a way they're still, you know, doing whatever they can. It might not be their typical training program, but they're still sticking to whatever version of a training program that they can. Yeah, and I, absolutely. And I think that it goes back to like, you know, uh, how important coaching truly is. Cause if you, if you're giving me, giving them the amount of, you know, the, the good cues that they can obviously remember and, and take with themselves wherever they go, 
even if it's the most simple things of, of a squat or a deadlift, you know, they, it carries on and they're able to, to implement, you know, what you say to them and, and do it on their own. And that's one of the, the best benefits of being a coach is seeing someone that you, you taught. It's, it's like that quote, what is it? Uh, uh, give a man a fish. He eats for a day, teach a man a fish. He eats for a lifetime. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very similar. It's very similar to that. So having them, you know, reach out and ask questions about, Hey, you know, with this tempo interval, what should I be looking at? Where should my heart rate be? All those types of things like that's man. It's, those are awesome questions to receive as a coach. Well, and you start to realize, you know, the effect that you've had on their training, right? If they're reaching out with that sort of extra thought beyond just the basic cues that you've given them, it shows that, you know, they're, they're starting to understand more. They're starting to realize that it's more than just getting into the weight room and lifting the weight. You know, there's a lot more that goes into that program and really making it effective. Right. Absolutely. I love it. So one thing, you know, again, with this goal of the show in mind, do you feel like there's anything we missed so far, anything that we haven't really touched on, you know, to create a successful career in sport beyond just being good. We've talked about, you know, consistency being obviously the most important thing. Do you feel like there's anything else we can add into that? I think the biggest thing for, for coaches especially is, is being adaptable during this time. You know, I've seen, a, I actually just interviewed a coach on our podcast about, you know, st- starting a side hustle. You know, he just uh, started a, you know, consulting business well during this pandemic. And I think that it's, you know, if, if we expect our athletes to be adaptable and, and, you know, with their careers or, you know, their, their athletic careers at the end of the day, um, you know, we have to be, we have to be adaptable ourselves and ours. So, you know, I know during this pandemic, pandemic it's 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 actually given my wife and I like some time to like you know go over other passions that we've always had of, of real estate and real estate investing and you know it gave us time to you know to do our research you know we got an investment property here in Atlanta and you know uh, we just we started a business together and it's it's been awesome it's been awesome it's a totally different type of industry than strength conditioning and it there's there's nothing wrong with you know taking a pivot you know, to anybody who's listening, especially, you know, a, a strength coach or a personal trainer, that it's okay to pivot in your career for, for the moment. And who knows, you may develop skills in, in other areas where you can, you know, you, you can make several streams of income and you could do, you know, have several different passions and jobs and, and be happy with the way you live. It's not, it doesn't need to be just really tunnel vision the whole time. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I think it's, you know, it's a weird thing sometimes in the strength and conditioning industry where, you know, people feel like if you're not living in the gym, then you're not, you know, truly dedicated to the job. And I've realized more and more myself since starting my own business that if I'm living in the gym 18 hours a day, I'm burning myself out and the coaching I'm delivering is garbage. But if I'm actually taking care of myself first, I can take such better care of all the athletes and all the clients that I have because I'm actually there. I'm actually present. I actually have energy. Right. And uh, right. so just to hear about how you've pivoted and, you know, you're kind of taking different interests into account as well. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's important. Uh, another thing for me is, is traveling and I, no matter, you know, where I'm at, I, I love to travel. I love to, to meet different people, you know, see different cultures and it just, that just really rejuvenates me. And, uh, yeah, that's just one of the things that I, that's one of my hobbies that I love to do. And, uh, yeah, it's energizing me every single time. I love it. Well, man, it's been an awesome interview so far. I've really learned a lot from you just about, you know, from your coaching style and, you know, the things we've talked about today, 
But one question that I saw you post online the other day that I wanted to ask you and uh, get your perspective, both from a coaching standpoint, but also from an athlete standpoint, is what are two things you've learned from everything we've gone through in 2020? How have you applied it to your career as a coach? And how can athletes take these lessons and apply it to themselves as well? Okay, let's let's start with the first one for sure. Uh, what I learned during this pandemic is that health is is true wealth. I mean, that's that's the biggest blessing to have is is being a healthy person, an individual, and it just kind of reinforces kind of what we do on a daily basis, and we try to help people live healthier lives, whether they're athletes or they're not. Um, so that just reinforced that for sure. And now, you know, with so much science coming out that like, hey, if we if you're a healthier person, the, you're less likely to you know to get sick. I mean, that's that right then and there is a should should have been a wake up call for a lot of individuals for sure. Uh, that second question, what was the second one? So the second one is lessons that athletes can take from this from this to help them further their career in athletics. Quite honestly, I think that first answer is a big one, a yeah. big one that they can take as well. Yeah, and it's just it just goes back to that adaptive, uh, you know, being adaptive and being able to adapt on the fly. It's, it's, you know, sports is a chaotic environment already. And, you know, this is a definitely a chaotic time. So it's just, just got to keep you on your toes and, and try to make de uh, decisions as, as smoothly as possible. And if you do make a mistake, get right back on, on that path, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think with the adaptability too, one big thing is, you know, we've talked about this a little bit already, but reaching out to people and asking questions. You know, if you're stuck in a position where you don't know what to do to be able to continue training without your gym or whatever else, even if you don't have a strength and conditioning coach that you see regularly, we live in the age of the internet. There's, you know, there's countless coaches online that if you reach out to them, they'll be happy to, you know, send you some ideas or they'll have programs that you can jump onto. You know, there's no way we'd be talking right now if it wasn't for the age of the internet. So I right, think it's a right. massively underutilized tool. Right. I mean, yeah, like you said, there's just no excuse for anyone, you know, even coaches who want to, you know, have their YouTube channel or a podcast like this, this is the time. I mean, there's no excuses whether you're a coach, athlete. This is a time to, to, you know, make some moves. I love it, Jared. Thank you so much again for coming on the show today. If anybody is looking to get in touch with you, whether it's about, you know, training, any training related questions or anything they heard here, what's the best way to go about that for them? Definitely my social media platforms uh, for my Instagram is, is uh, at coach Jared Saavedra and then Jared Saavedra on Facebook. I'm really active on, on both of those. I'm not so active on Twitter, uh, but my social media platforms I'm pretty consistent with and I, I try to, to get back to as many people as I possibly can. So those are definitely the, the places to look. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. I'm super grateful for the time you spent uh, spent and all the answers you've given, all the insight. Um, I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing how Athlete Ready comes out, comes out the other side of this pandemic, whenever that does actually finally happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thank you again for the time. Thank I appreciate you. it. For anybody else listening, yeah, this has absolutely. been. And, and thank you for having me on. And yeah, man. And thank you so much for having me on for sure. And you're a very, very good interviewer for sure. And it, it's funny that, uh, I didn't realize how difficult it was to interview other people until I started my own podcast. And for you to be doing that, you know, asking really good questions and just being, you know, very attentive and, and listening, you're doing a great job, man. I really appreciate it.
Man, I appreciate that a lot. I know that was uh, that was definitely a difficult thing to get used to, and still listening back to episodes is you know tough sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good job, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much again. Much appreciated. And for everybody listening, this is the Elite Development Podcast with Kenny Duso and Jared Saavedra. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I would greatly appreciate if you subscribed and left a review for the show. As well, I would love to hear what your biggest takeaways were from the episode. My contact info is linked below. Send me a message and let me know what you thought. As always, I'm your host, Kenny Duso. Thank you again and see you next time.